What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, fam. Y'all done did it again. Tuned in to another episode of All Truth No Chaser. That's right. With your boy. Wait. This ain't your boy? This ain't your boy? Who is this? Hey, we got Mrs. All truth, no chaser. We got misses. All truth, no chaser. I done came in here. I done turned the tables. I'm your host. I said, I'm your host. And I'm not a rapper. Ah! <laughs> Welcome on in, y'all. Welcome on in. Yes, today we have a little treat for you. Oh, my God. And it is my absolute honor to come up in here and host all juvenile chasers (laughs) we actually have a surprise for y'all as we roll into season two we have your boy we have your boy all juvenile chaser we're about to interview him (laughs) y'all this is a mess (laughs) oh my god but for real i'm real nervous but um so excited to see what we're about to get into today because I have had the pleasure of seeing like the back door of what's going on as you know my husband breathes life into this amazing um community. And I'm just excited to see what's actually in his head. What mm-hmm. is in his heart? And share that with you today. How you feeling, babe? You okay over there? <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lot. <laughs> but uh, I didn't do a good job. You, you were perfect, babe. <laughs> if anybody ever wanted to know about your personality... They got a glimpse of, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that was that was amazingly awesome. Uh, great intro. I was rehearsing. I was rehearsing, y'all. She really was doing the most. I was like, babe, you know, this is not so serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's just us, though. And so, um, no, I think it's really cool. And when I think about like what questions I have for you and what may be of interest to the community. Let's um let's just hear from you. How how was this thing birthed? Like what's your what's your vision um for all truth no chasing? Well I didn't um this was your idea. Ooh. <laughs> so Clearly, you were really digging into these questions, but am I getting credit? (laughs) I believe, I believe, um, in one of the other episodes, I I mentioned that this all came about because you think people like listening to me. (laughs) Who nobody likes listening to me, but apparently, because you guys actually validate my wife and you validate me also, because um. It does make me feel like, man, you know, maybe I do have a viewpoint to offer. But the whole, because remember, we did the the politic, the Uh, politics. Remove the noise. We did that for a little bit. And I really did enjoy doing that. But I think to be able to keep up with something like that at the pace of politics and how it changes every hour. And to also be subjective, it takes it takes more than just two people, just me, you know, and you didn't because you're working full time. You don't have time to read Fox, CNN. Uh, like you don't have <laughs> uh, man, like just all the news articles that I digest and then to have to try to digest that information to share it. You know what? You know what made it unique 
because I'm the politic guy mm-hmm. and you're not. I'm not at all. And having to explain how politics work, what politics are and what it is not. But you say that as though I don't have a clue. That comes off you know, weird. <laughs> no, because but, but it's, I'll tell you what it was for me. You know what it's like when we talk about money, mm-hmm. when we talk about money and I tell people, my wife is the one that plays the game. I'm just, uh, I'm just in a stance. For most people, when it comes to politics or sports in general, right? You have these people, they just sit in the stands and they think they know more than the head coach. They think they know more than the player that's playing the game. And these people who have like these very strong opinions probably didn't make it to varsity till senior year in their sport. They never played at any other level outside of peewee and maybe middle school, but then feel like they have a very strong historical knowledge, policy knowledge. They probably don't know who their mayor is in their city, but then have all these strong convictions. Those those are the loud people, but I think um, just to kind of level set right, because... Because this is not uh, remove the noise. This is not remove the noise. But there are certain things that should be discussed because they are nuanced and there are layers and no different than that whole political space, which is it's not that I'm uneducated or don't desire to really know what's going on. It's the pace at which information was coming mm-hmm. and the fact that um, a lot of times it's, it's misconstrued, right? It's, it's deceiving. And if you have someone who's following and paying attention, but also is grounded in, like, truth, Mm -hmm. that can help people. And, you know, it's unfortunate to say this, but it is um, truth is truth is truth. Unfortunately, in politics, we don't always know what is the truth being delivered. And it takes a lot of work to read for oneself as well as get an understanding. Mm-hmm. I and I think that's where the waters get murky. So then it's just kind of like, well, you know what? The best thing that you can do in politics is to what is the character of the person? What is the perceived character? And what is on record, what is the perceived character and what is on record of their history to say, you might be telling me a white lie and I'm cool with that versus like this big, massive lie, like Santa Claus. I even look at it a little bit different, which is you're choosing a leader and that leader has to possess certain characteristics, their character. You're big Mm. on character. I know you are. From, from day one, right? Um, we don't, and you've been in the military, right? So you know the general public doesn't have all the data. But That's the leader correct. is exposed to certain data, and we're trusting him to make a decision in our best interest. So I need to know that I can trust you to make a sound decision with all the factors, and some may weigh more than others, right? And you know what? So we can you take what you said, and we can segue to stay focused. So this is a turn yeah. into something else. You said that you need to be able to trust the person that is in leadership with the data that they've been given Mm -hmm. so that the decision that they make is the best for you. For the the people. Now, if that is the same energy that is required for a man in his house, Mm -hmm. your wife... Your children, your family need to be able to trust in the decisions that you make so that they can follow behind. So if the atmosphere in your home is uncomfortable, it's because somewhere along the line, that space of I can trust whether I like your decision or not. I need to be able to trust that whatever you're making is for the betterment of all of us. That's right. But you also have to be given the space to do it. 
That's the tricky part. Because that's when the, we first met, dance. you wasn't you wasn't trying to let me do nothing. I was like, what you marry me for then, bro? Like, if you don't want me doing nothing, what I'm here for? But, but, but once, oh, man. And that took, is the dance. It, it, took, right. it took so much courage for me. First of all, you got to be willing to listen and receive and hear. Because you might not be- believe that the words that are spoken to you, especially you're you're married. Your spouse is your mirror. And at the beginning, you know, you know a little bit about each other. With time and the walk, you learn more about each other. But even in those early moments, you said that to me. You said, you're not making space for me. When we got married, I was 34. Mm, yeah, because I was I like, had been on my I? own. I had been on my own for some time. 34 years. No I kids. mean, no, I mean, like, taking care, paying my bills, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, you're yeah. taking care for 34 years. You that, right. that, Being on your own, that doesn't mean you wasn't not in a relationship. But it means that But I you still was, were just accountable to you. I mean, I bought cars. I bought a home. I had things. Like, I was the person who was taking care of those things. Mm. So when we got married and you said you don't make room for me, and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't make room for you. What does that mean? But it was revealed, you know, and we talked and you were honest of how you felt. And it wasn't, that's the moment where you receive information, you know, mm-hmm. that's the moment where I was able to receive information because I can't tell you how things feel from your seat. Only you can tell me how things feel from your seat. Um, but I had never gone as we were engaged, we were dating, and then we got married. I never, it never occurred to me that I would have to learn how to make space for you because I thought we were already, we had that, right? Mm. And now it's so good. I'm like, I don't do that. Larry do that. <laughs> I don't touch that. That's Larry. <laughs> yeah. And it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, you can, I mean, that's the, the beauty of partnership. Everything beauty is not on, on the other person, but even, like I said, even in deciding what's best for your personal marriage business, that's between the people who own that marriage business. Yep. You know, the I think the foundations are the same across the board, but the infrastructure might be a little different. Okay, I'm going to add this comment, too, because I loved your segue on trusting a leader. And some men may not feel like they know how to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And even though, like when we met, you were always leading with certain principles. There were certain things that you would say to me that I could see evidence of. Okay. So one was you were very truthful about your life. <laughs> like, it was like, I don't even know if I could take all of this. Like, woof. You. I mean, maybe you held some things back, but from what I could tell, you laid it all out there, and it wasn't pretty. I think I, it was very important <laughs> that if you be with, if you want to date, when just for clarity, so when we met, um, I'm very passionate about my career. That has not changed. It, it I think it just intensified. Uh, in a in a positive way with me being an actor. And so when we met, I'm still trying to figure things out. And I was like, look, I don't got no job. I don't want no job. I'm an actor. This is what I'm doing with my life. I have my kids. I'm providing for my kids by continuing my education because the military is paying for it. I'm getting a check. I got some money in savings. This is how I'm taking care of myself. And I want you to know this because I don't want you thinking that I'm getting up, going to a nine to five. And it was just really important to me because you're in corporate America. You have this great job. And my picture is a little bit different. And I just wanted to be very crystal about that. But even in the process of a dating, you would make these certain comments like, oh, what a military just takes care of you. You don't know what this means. And I was like, well, that's that's not how it works you know just because 
you get a stipend for something, that doesn't mean they take care of it for you. You know, you have to manage your own money yourself. And there, I did end up working some jobs that I did not want from a position of one, I needed to do it. And two, so that you know that I am okay working hard. Even if it means doing something that, y'all, I was working in a chemical plant with these chemicals. It was a mess. But I was getting up, going to this plant, taking care of my business. And sometimes you have to paint that picture. Like people need to see and know that you do have that character. You know, you do what you got to do so you can do what you want to do. And you're willing to do what you got to do so that you can do what you want to do. Yeah, I, I think, um, and thanks for sharing that context for folks. Um, character and just, you had an uncanny, like, way of just, look, I'm going to be unadulteratedly raw with you. Like, don't be confused. I don't want you to have rose-colored glasses on. This is what it is. And I, when I think about all truth, no chaser, like that's been that's who you are. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, dude, you have no filter. <laughs> you have no filter. So I mean, we're totally from different worlds, but I think that's in some arenas people really need that, like mm-hmm. just the real, the raw authenticity of like what it is, right? Yeah. Um, movies are movies. You know, it's a fairy tale. That's not real. It's like, what is real? And so, um, yeah, I mean, so, so okay, so you say I, <laughs> I'm the reason why you started this. But I think from my seat, it's really been cool to watch you take this thing and run with it. Yeah. From a place of, um, we've been together, we've been married almost 10, together almost 14. And um, you fought for your career most of that time. It's been an uphill battle and a journey. And um, it's really cool for Masi to see, like, you having something of your own that you can pour into, you know, your passion, your natural talent. you can pour directly into those and nobody nobody says no this is you this is you and that's a good feeling to have you know um i think when it when it came to doing the podcast originally i was putting all these hurdles in front of me i was like well you know you can't have a podcast without a name so since i ain't got no name I ain't doing no podcast. And then it was like, well, you can't have a podcast without no content. And now here we are, you know, building into season four and starting this currency. four. You know. Crazy. And trying to, like, season three, how we'll be transitioning into video so you guys can look at my ugly face on a regular basis. You know, um, the, the whole sentiment of... If you move in that direction, God will provide what you need along the way. But that does not mean it gets easier. I think as God provides, the more requirement that is needed and um, trust that you have to embed. You know, especially if God gives you something. If God gives you something, then that means it kind of he owns it and he's letting you rent the space. And so it can be really hard when I know like people who would be great on the show and God say, no, I'm like, bro, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and one time I had to, I had to really repent and ask God to forgive me because I was like, when well, I'm tired of bringing up people to you and all you do is telling me, no, you need to figure it out yourself. I'm like, who am I talking to? <laughs> you know, <your> daddy. <laughs> right. Right. I was so out of pocket. I was so out of pocket, but, um, I think, the good news, the great thing about God, like he's not afraid of our feelings. He's not afraid of our thoughts because he already knows them. And the frustration that I was feeling was not coming from a frustration at him. It's more just like my desire to want to be prepared 
figure things out, yeah. build things out. But a lot of times you don't, bro, God either, God either gives you the end or he gives you the beginning. That's all you get. He gives you the end or he gives you the beginning. Everything else just requires yep. you to Faith. move in that direction. Faith. Faith in action. You know, yep. until he tells you to do something different. You know, but along that way, things unfold for you. Yeah. You know, so. I think that's the beautiful part, though, because in all that, you are stewarding. You are stewarding. Yeah. What he has blessed you with. Um, so, I mean, when you think about getting this off the ground, it can feel overwhelming. It is. It can feel intense. I wish I wish that uh, uh, I'm grateful that I don't, but sometimes I wish I did have like tiny dreams, like small ones. That has never been you. Ever. I wish because <laughs> because I feel like the things that come, I'm like, oh, 2026, I want to do a four city tour. I want to have. I want to fill out an arena, 5,000 men coming together to wow. learn how to be better people, to learn how to be better husbands, to learn how to be better brothers, yeah. friends, wow. to be better fathers, sons, you know, and to be able to have children there, their spouses there, so they can basically to have a conference that embodies mm. maximized manhood. Mm, that's your book. To, to have a conference that embodies <laughs> that and to have like this guest and these guest speakers to come yeah. that they don't have to be ministers to preach. Yeah. They just have this knowledge that they desire to give. Yeah. And to create From that their platform. Experience. Yeah. yeah. And in those cities, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. to be able to bring iconic people yeah. in a city where you're talking to your people. You know, like if we're here in Houston, you know, we could have Bun B or Scarface and whatever. They have all this wealth of knowledge and they want to give it out. And typically they only give it out on their platforms or whatever. But to be able to curate a three-day weekend, mm -hmm. you know, um, like, well, how the hell are we wow. supposed to get there? <laughs> you know, and when I think about some of the ministers that I listen to and I follow, I am so, um, we have to, as a people, we have to stop, like, um, glorifying, like, T.D. Jakes and Pastor Keon. We, because of how we honor them, we inadvertently put them on this pedestal mm -hmm. okay. to where we don't recognize their humanity. As if they're not humans, as if they're not subject to mistakes, as if they, they got it figured out. They figuring out life just like we are. That's right. And to create a platform that is safe for people of that stature, like ultimately it would be to have people of stature to come yeah. on our show to express their humanness, to tell us how they feel, what they think, how, how to, I want to know like, I mean, T.D. Jake said, I, I saw a sermon one time, this brother said, yeah, I can preach on anything. <laughs> but I mean, he's been preaching yeah. 56 years, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, he can. <laughs> but outside of that, I want to know, like, what does that feel like? You know, what, what, is, what does it feel like to carry what you carry? Mm -hmm. You know, what did you, he does, if you read his books, which I have, you know, he takes these hints about, the struggles that he had to go through from mm -hmm. Mississippi or from West Virginia, West Virginia and all of that, which I get it, but like to unpack it so people can really understand mm -hmm. that God has no perspective of person. All I did was I grabbed hold of that bone and I didn't let it go. All I did was I sucked, yep. I sucked my <laughs> teeth into it and I didn't let it go. That's really the, and I had the, I had the audacity to believe something God said. Because most of, most of us don't believe what God says. Most of us say, oh, that'd be dope. But then we, we get the, that'd be dope. 
But then we look at our circumstances, our surroundings, our lack, and we use we we say, well, I don't have the means to do whatever it is that God says he wants us to do. So you don't actually believe because if God told you to do something, he'll also give you the means. You just have to get off the couch and move. Yep. And and I think so there's a couple of things that's hitting right now. One is God will tell you to do something. How many of us are seeking how many of us are hearing them? Are we listening? I think we are. So we're on, our, we're our, better yet, from, our, maybe maybe it's the Wesley Snipes, um, the Wesley Snipes um, analogy and white man can't jump. When uh, it was Jimi Hendrix, and he was like, "You you you hear Jimi Hendrix, but you ain't listening to Jimi Hendrix." I think it was Jimmy, but that maybe I do. Maybe we hear God, but I, we may not be listening. Because I, I um, you and I were having a conversation the other day, and I was like, "Man, have I gotten comfortable? Am I, am I, am I listening for the stretch of my faith?" Yeah. You know, I mean, not to say that. Um, Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been blessed. God has blessed me, you know. Um, but am I listening for that next move? He drop, downloads things, drops stuff in my spirit. I don't know that I've heard him say, do X, right? Like, take a bolt. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was probably what... <laughs> drew me to you when we were dating because like you said i mean all, you've always just spoke the big vision it came out your mouth like it wasn't just in your heart but it came out your mouth right yeah and to the point where you know i was like huh i can't put limits on god like for me hearing what you said that I just put limits on God, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's the evidence too, right? Yeah. Because people talk big, but if there's never no evidence, then it was just talk. And I think within the last three years, maybe, um, that's when we begin to see evidence popping up within like my career. You know, it was like, oh, okay, wait, this is... This is for real. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's been a journey. It has been a journey. It still is a journey. All of this is a journey, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think having the heart to say, like, what I've always witnessed from you is you want to grow. Even when you're ready, you know, you, you've yelled at God. I know you have. You've been... Like, man, I'm out here believing. Sometimes you owe your work off. You be like, oh, I hope they don't hear my husband. No, yeah, you down there going in. I'm like, okay. Um, but even in that, it's like, when you think about the stories of the Bible, um, we all know the ending, you know, and sometimes the dash and, and whatever it is. Mm-hmm we don't think about because we don't well it worked out for joseph you know <laughs> yeah. whatever moses did good things yeah moses had no idea yeah like, what that was gonna like how it actually felt to walk through the season i don't i don't think know? moses i know moses loved the israelites because he had a heart for them i low-key think he hated them folks bro so. They were stressing this brother. They were stressing Moses. <laughs> oh, you mean when they were in the wilderness? <laughs> they were stressed. Again? Like, again? Like, stressed. He interceded. Please, Lord. That boy was Don't stressed. Don't take him out. You love him. That boy was words. stressed. Yeah, he was putting them through. Claude. So, I mean, okay, so season one's done. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, like, once you set out for season one, you probably didn't. See how it was gonna. Bro, I was end. in the public yeah, like, library. 
<laughs> renting out public library space using uh i was right so we had a conversation where you were, you asked me if i wanted to get audio equipment and i was like no because i don't know what this is going to be <laughs> so i'm going to use my audition lapel mics <laughs> yep. until um i figure this out you know and then i was like oh wow we got people listening to this mm-hmm. show this is okay okay this is turning into something and then uh uh topic ideas started to come for the second season and i was like okay okay i probably need to do something if you guys haven't noticed this audio equipment sounds great my uh <laughs> my wife let me get some audio equipment and uh, i was like oh, okay this is great so you know we're ball is moving forward we're mm-hmm. doing we record make we're uh just about done with season two mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like okay now what you know now what now what you know now what and then uh i don't know if it was you or marquita that was was like hey so i know you've been actually yeah because you was giving me a hard time about youtube you were like you need to start putting stuff on youtube we're on youtube guys um you need to start putting stuff Yay. on youtube <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't want to do YouTube because I listen to NPR. I listen to audio books. I don't watch YouTube. I don't, if I'm on YouTube, it's to fix something. Our kids use YouTube like it's a regular DVR. I don't understand that. The clicking around doesn't register for me. And um, it was like the, the next progression of step was video. And my wife was supporting me and not just buying equipment for video, but then we went and found a studio home at Dreamlight Productions where we will begin uh, doing our audio video content. Huge shout out to Jerry for blessing us with that. That's right. Dreamlight Production Studios Dreamlight here Production. in Houston, Houston, Texas. It's really amazing. And so I, I guess just... Um, the natural progression of things and allowing allowing this baby to grow and for me to grow at the same pace mm-hmm. um, and to learn how to do interviews better, to learn how to listen better uh, and to provide content that empowers us and provide content that informs us yeah. and that lets us know like some of these stories that let us know that we're not by ourselves on this journey of life. Yeah. You know, because we all, a lot of times we feel like nobody understands us. You know, and we, we rarely get to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know? So when you, when you think about the content in season one, what were some of the take your breath away, you know, um, stories? Like what? Where did you get up from the table and you just say, man, that touched me? You know. Bonus dad for one, and because I got verbal lashings. Um, so be looking out for bonus dad uh, part two. Uh, I got because you don't always know what your people go through. Yeah. And when they begin to really share the color of what they're going through is a lot. Um, listening to John Brown, Joe Black Barbershop listening to his story, you know, because I thought I knew this brother's story. I get my hair cut there. We talk all the time. Yeah. (laughs) He's been to our house. Like we hang out. We're going on holiday together. Yeah. And I had no idea just how God opened up these doors to get your own day as a, as a barber. Yeah. You know, um, that was a lot. That was a very, very good. You know, and even, um, Larry Perkins, Backyard Barbecue, listening to his episode about um, with being unequally yoked when he thought he was. Mm-hmm. See, I was I had a different impression outside looking in, mm-hmm. but hearing what he had to say that no, when I met my ex-wife and we got married, I thought we were on the same page. Mm-hmm. I thought we did want the same things. Yeah. For some reason, there was a shift when we did get. I didn't know there was a shift when they got married, but then again, I was overseas. 
you know, so you kind of get the cliff notes when you come home about what happened. So we make these we make these assumptions about people um, and assumptions aren't always bad. You know, you just don't know the color. Right. So to get that color mm-hmm. was really awesome. So do you feel like with the color that you yourself was able to learn or grow in any type of way? From the yeah, like these stories should like for me, these stories were very affirming and challenging, okay. like challenging, like challenging me personally, mm-hmm. you know, are um, even on the Joe Black mentorship episode. He makes a comment about how he found a female mentor. And in a moment, I'm like, yeah, you know, you humbled yourself to this lady. Internally, I'm asking myself, because you're very brilliant. You, with, if there, if every space where I lack, you, yeah, right. Um, Every space that I lack, you are very strong. And. I myself have to do a better job at humbling myself. And I use that word deliberately to humble myself to your strengths. Because if I can submit myself to your strengths, that in turn makes me better. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of guys don't take the time out to submit themselves to the strengths of their partner because they don't want to look all-knowing or they don't want to look weak or they don't want to look uninformed when actually if you let her do it my wife counts every half of cent I don't play with my duck (laughs) I count (laughs) nickels and even because in our relationship, I'm the spender. You're the saver. <laughs> like, and those knowing who, who you are finance, financially, are you a spender? Are you a saver? You know, that in, that in turn yeah. lets you know how you need to move in your business of marriage. Totally. I mean, even, even from the space of you're the visionary and I'm probably like the strategist. How yeah. do we get there? But that used to angry. That used to anger me because I felt yep. like yep. you weren't listening, <laughs> and you were trying to destroy the dream. I'm like, I'm not. We hey. had, when was that? That was like before COVID. I think we had that. It God kind of had to like kick me in the nuts to be like, "What are you doing? Why? Why is this a problem for you? You asked for a partner." I give you a partner Lord. and now you're mad at your partner for doing what she's naturally good mm. at. Mm. Not like this is not you forcing yourself. You're naturally good at building steps. I am naturally good at seeing outcome. And this is not for you to bring up later. Because my wife has a bad habit when she's in her feelings, she'll say, well, you don't care about the details. I'm like, yo, like, ease off the gas on that statement because it's not necessarily true. But when you're going after a task, details matter. Yeah, and I- you're great at that. Well, thank you. And if I need to, and if the goal is, if the goal is Mars... You already say, well, okay, we're on Earth. How do we get one step? Because this dude is in the stratosphere right now, and he's not even thinking about how you plan on getting up there. And saying God will figure it out is not the wrong answer. Facts. Facts. (laughs) Gotta do it. It's the wrong answer. (laughs) The right answer is talk to your partner who is good at details and strategy so that you can achieve the goal. But even in that, I'm seeking God or what to do. It's just God is in the middle. It is the right answer. Mm-hmm. But it's but you got to recognize when he's using one another to propel the one, right? Correct. To propel the unit. Um, 
And and I think when when that revelation came for us as a couple, I think it was just so freeing, right? Because I would I would get so frustrated because I'm like, Larry, it's X, Y, and Z, right? Like even even in taking care of the money, we went back and forth. I did it, then you did it, then I did it, and I'm like, I'll be honest with you, when it was time for you to do it, I was like, please, because maybe you need to see what I see. But you're not you you didn't see what I saw. You saw different things and you enhanced what we did differently, yeah. right? And I love some of what you did. A My wife was still writing checks. Yes, I did. <laughs> she I was would, still she was still balancing her checkbook, and I'm like, "Yo, just auto pay this junk." <laughs> it was like my whole thing. Like I had to sit down with the money. Like I had to sit down with the books. Sit down with this. Like I needed to touch and feel. It was weird, but um, no, you 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 took us up, and you made my life easier. But I think even in that, it's like when you're able to see the beauty of how your joint strengths which are in some cases most cases opposite right yeah. how they complement one another yeah um it's like the best blessing it's like totally. the best blessing you just didn't even know like it was sitting there in your lap right mm-hmm. <laughs> still pretty dope but um okay so that was so, so i think my question was what did you learn that you could apply so okay um were you surprised by anything that you learned? Um, I'm surprised by I'm surprised by my desire for people like mm. <laughs> you are not the, a people person <laughs> yeah I think um, I was sitting with Devante and I say, bro, if God calls me to do this full time and walk away from my career, I'd be happy with that. And then I was like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, like my spirit about it was at peace. Wow. You know, um, this is equally, I think this is equally as difficult. I think the major thing that is different is i am in full control here yeah. not like god is in full control but i'm saying like it's not like i audition i gotta wait for my my agent or my manager to bring me an audition i gotta audition i gotta see if the casting director likes me yeah. if the casting director likes me i gotta see if the person the director wants to actually hire me do i solve his problem if i solve his problem then it's kind of like is the studio going to approve like there's all these steps that you have to go through to book a job. Yeah. I don't have to deal with that here. Yeah. My biggest my biggest hurdle is content securing guests. Content securing guests. And, actually, and that's I hard mean, too. The more that, that's the funny part because you're not really like a social person, I would say. You're not, not looking to make friends, right? But as I see you engaging with people uh, a different event or whatever. I'm drawn to their stories. You're drawn to their stories. I can't even say how you doing no more. I'm like, yo, what you do? The <laughs> fact that the curiosity switch turned on for you. I mean, literally, because yeah. I will ask a ton of questions. I just got questions. Somebody say something. I got questions. That was never you. Mm-mm. And the fact that like you're curious about the journeys of others in this way all with the space of can this help somebody yeah can this help is your story beneficial to the body and and i know i mean and i I know you shared a little bit in season one um about like your origin story you know your relationship with your father and everything but i always admired that about you because even though your journey to fatherhood you're you're young young man right and then you become a father and you're like okay what kind of father do i want to be right um you had an idea and even in our home there were things that you and i discussed about how we wanted to raise our kids but i'll be honest i didn't know how to go about doing that and you 
were in the front, you would take the lead. You would say, I mean, it's something simple as kids were in middle school. You're like, if they ask to go to a game, I'm not going to say no unless I really have a reason to say no. They can go to the game. Yes. Yeah. It sounds so simple, but for whatever reason, my default was like, in my head, I'm like, no, why you want to? Because you got that from your mom. <laughs> I mean, not like my mom as a person, but like our rear history. When we grew up, it was kind of like it was a privilege, a special occasion. It wasn't just like a social norm. A social norm. It was not. Yeah. And so, um, it took me because my dad was while. like that too. It was no for everything. Yeah, yeah. It was like no, I'm like, man, can I breathe? <laughs> can I breathe? Can I do that? You know. <laughs> <laughs> you can breathe if you go wash some dishes. <laughs> like you can that. breathe. You can breathe. You go wash this car. That's right. Go That's shovel right. that snow. You can breathe. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. But I loved how you set the tone. You set the tone so many ways. Um, even though our our circumstances like non traditional, our circumstances not um, traditional, and. Uh, but there's there's so many ways that you have led in our home and that you lead our family and that you cover and protect me um, all the while as we are learning and growing on this journey. And so, like I said, when you say, hey, we're going to do an episode together, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> well, initially I thought, initially the idea was to because I'm a creative and being you're not a creative this is this is not like a, a this when I say that I'm not okay like I'm not <laughs> I know I'm not a creative next thing you know here come my wife um I don't like the fact that you just put this absolute I create things you do create things you create engineering hydrocarbons or whatever but um yes anyway being with an artist, a person that's with an artist who's not an artist, that whole dynamic is different, you know, and how do you, initially I was like, oh, it would be, maybe people might want to know, what is it like to, for you to be kind of this type A with somebody who's not, somebody you're very like, we going to do one, two, three, four, five, and I'm just like, ah, you know, we can do four, chill for a bit and figure out three. Maybe do five. I mean, we could talk about what. What is your plan? What is your plan? What do you mean? (laughs) Uh, You know, just gonna wait and see. (laughs) But I mean, because that doesn't mean like artists aren't motivated. That doesn't mean that we artists are very motivated. Artists are very like not all artists. Not all. Not anybody who carries the title of artist. I don't think they have to earn that right to call themselves an artist. And when I say they have to earn that right, that means they're extremely motivated about their art. They take their art very serious. They believe in perfecting their art. They believe in taking classes for their art. They believe in like learning, being a student of their art. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just say, oh, you know, um, they want to be rappers, but they don't read no books. Uh, They want to be rappers, but the only thing they rap about is what everybody else is already talking about. They don't have an original thought. And if they do have an original thought, the original thought involves derogatoriness. Then, bro, are you just uh, are you a caricature? Are you an artist? You know, and so anyway, that's my two cents that nobody asked for in regards to because we probably have artists who listen. And so if you're an artist and you're and you're and you're hearing that and you're like, yeah, me too. Then my challenge to you, if you're about your business then grind harder. If you're not about your business, then maybe you're not an artist. And, and I think even when you don't know what to do, you, you did an episode in season one that just said, find someone who's doing it and mock them. That part. Do what they're doing. And so, you know, you, you were honest. You said the whole podcast thing, you're like, I don't have a name. I don't have this. You know, you can make up excuses mm-hmm. left and right. But for me to see you like actually take this on as this is a business. This is real. Never mind the fact that I don't even listen to podcasts. 
No, you don't. I mean, but 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 it was like you're like, hey, how do I get this scheduled out? How do I build this out? Like you you actually began planning and you know like yeah, this is real for you. Yeah. And so I think that just really blessed my heart because my prayer for you is just that you know, everybody has talents and gifts. And in this day and age, not everybody gets to use those yeah. in a way that they are able to um, survive on, like mm-hmm. live, like thrive. And, um, you know, to be in a space where you can take something that's close to your heart and share that with the world, with the pretty cool benefit of helping others navigate like none of us have the answers right and you know and shout out to big ron jones i want to shout him out because i did reach out to him to be a guest Mm -hmm. and this is important this is important because sometimes god will open a door for you for you to do something you need to do but that doesn't mean a door is for you to walk into okay because before, when I would book a guest, I would like send like all this DM stuff. Oh, you know, you can come this day, or you can come this day, or you can come this day, or how about this day? You know, at the time, I didn't have a calendarly. Can, Cal- I, Calend- calendly. Calendly. I really hate that name. Only because I can't say it. It's kind of like the moonwalk. I can't do it, so I hate it. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, um, and I, I didn't make that up. Uh, Eddie Murphy said that in Raw. But anywho. <laughs> um, it fits in this case But because when I, I reached out to him And he said he would want to be on the show mm-hmm. I Because of who he is I did not want to just be like Which one of these three days Would you like to do it It's like I wanted to be more professional Yeah, yeah. And that desire is what led me To asking you like Yo is there a calendar out there well, you can just, people can just schedule themselves. I've seen that somewhere before, mm-hmm. and which led me to Googling, which led us to having it. But if it wasn't for Ron saying yes, that would have never happened. Yeah. Or it would have happened later, but it would not have happened the way that it's happened, especially with some of the guests that we got coming on the show. You know, and we got to have our ducks in a row because these people's ducks is in a row. You know. No, I mean, I think that's just a testament to the momentum, right, that you picked up. Because to me, when I think about your first few episodes, and then as you get into Power Mentorship and you get into the Bonus Dad episode where it starts getting real raw, right? Like, I, mm. Bonus Dad, I was like, uh, hello, where's the rest? <laughs> like, yeah. we need to keep talking, you know? It was so much happening in this story. Um, and then when you just look at how we can help each other and be there for each other, and I'm obviously, I'm not a man, but I am definitely a proponent of strong men because I think that makes the family unit strong. I know it makes the family unit strong Mm -hmm. when you have a man who is not intimidated by the gift and talents of his spouse, um, or of his brother but he can actually celebrate those and he can actually take those um, those experiences and, and level up for himself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I mean, I think it's exciting. So, yeah, do you want to say anything? You've been dropping a couple hints. You already said about the studio and I mean, where I think, you're going, but, like, what's your, what's your prayer for you know uh, what season it, two? You know what's crazy? Um... It's uh, Brian Thibodeau. Okay. Ruined everything. (laughs) Ruined? (laughs) Brian Thibodeau. Y'all keep your eyes out for his episode. I was not expecting to have a Tim Ross crying moment (laughs) with this guy. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. And to be sitting... In this garage where we are right now, we're not in the studio yet, guys, Um, because we've been taping these seasons in the garage. Uh, To be sitting in my garage 
crying, listening to this brother's story. That's when I was like, God, what are you doing? Like, bro, this ain't the type of all truth, no chase I was expecting. <laughs> like, and the funny part about it, he was like, I have never shared this with anybody. Wow. And I'm, and I feel, I could cry now, but yeah. um, um, just Ooh. as a parent, and what he had to go through. Initially, we were supposed to be talking about, like, why are you not married with these kids? Like, that was supposed to be the conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it, we don't... My wife is the first person to come up here with thought-out questions. I don't be having no thought-out questions. I'm just like, hey, when you come in, let's just chop it up. And... I'm the planner. She's a planner. And when he started talking to us about his youngest son... Mm. And... I'm looking in his eyes and I'm seeing he's back in that he's back in the hospital in yeah, that moment. He's yeah. back in that place. Yeah. And the the crazy thing about our testimonies when you connect when he went back there, I'm standing next to him yeah. in that space. Oh. You know, and I'm equally emotional, especially when he said his, you know, his wife is the people that deliver babies is a uh yeah like 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 she delivers babies whatever she delivers babies like that's her job yeah. okay and when they got in the hospital normally he said with all their kids when she's straight he know everything is everything but when she was like this ain't good that's when he because you're so when it comes to your babies and it comes to your wife when it comes to giving birth nobody is in control here there's an illusion no, of control. No, there's no control. There's no but control. But the doctors Woo! don't control nothing. The, the wife don't control nothing. The, the nurses God. don't control nothing. The, the machines y'all hooked up to don't control nothing. Nope. Nobody controls nothing. The grace of God. And to be in this space to where when Brian said, Brian ain't no big dude. His hands ain't, he ain't got no Shaquille O'Neal hands. When he said he got, he was his baby was fitting in the palm of his hand, like that was just, ugh, you know. And so he comes on the show, and then Kendrick comes on the show. Then then Alan comes back on the show with this level of vulnerability. Like, I can't. If I keep crying. I can't keep. Crying. I don't have the mental capacity to continue doing these, <laughs> having these episodes with this level of vulnerability that I personally wasn't prepared for yeah. or expecting or for people to come sharing because we are free through testimony. That's right. Come on here. And not only you reach higher heights through testimony. That's right. So when men, white men, black men, Hispanic men, Asian men, Ooh, when geez. men are vulnerable with their truth, with their honesty, with their nakedness about their journeys, you then in turn break bondage on other people. And so when men, when we walk around with our machismo, when we walk around with our chest out, when we walk around like everything is everything. Our children are in bondage. Mm. Our fathers stay in bondage. Like, I mean, it's crazy the fact that I had to free, I had to get my dad comfortable with the bondage that he never let go mm. as he begins his transition. Mm. Because he didn't live a life free. His The little Larry in him dictated his life for 70 plus years. Mm. Mm. And so it's like, I have to be okay talking to him to kind of help him. Yeah. You know, like, yo, when you, when you going to be stop being mad at your mama? Yeah. And he was like, what you talking about? I'm like, bro, like, when you going to, when you going to, like, mind you, he's already battling in the cancer, yeah. you know, but when we was chop it up, you know, asking him that question, like, yeah. how long you going to hold on to that? Yeah. You know, because that's what his daughter going through. She's still holding on mm. to the disappointment 
the little girl in her. Mm. Dad dead. His mama been dead. Matter of fact, that was like one of our first not real dates. Yeah. <laughs> you came with me to my Good grandmother's funeral, funeral yeah. which was on your birthday. You know, so I mean, it's kind of like, yo, Pop, like, your mother's been dead over 10 years. Why are you still mad at her? You 70 years old, still allowing what took place in your childhood to dictate your future. It happened. It sucks. Own it. Accept it. Rewrite whatever story you got to write so you can move on from it. In freedom, right? In freedom. You know, and that's what our testimonies do. Yep. Because ain't ain't no man on this planet dealing with manhood and what that means different. Our circumstances could be different. Our social economic statuses are different. But I believe we all got the same fears. We all have the same insecurities. We all have the same concerns. We just trying to figure out how to deal with feeling inadequate mm. how do i deal with with feeling like i ain't enough for my children I ain't enough for my wife how do i deal with my mama all she could tell me was i look just like my daddy how do i deal with that because now i don't married a woman and i ain't with that woman and that woman is telling my son you look just like your daddy like how i break that cycle yeah well you know you find somebody that been dealing with it and that done did it they can at least give you a framework. Mm-hmm. And that's the courage to just, because the thought that occurred to me is what is more scary when you reflect back on how you felt in that moment and you have the mental awareness or when you actually say it, you know, like what mm-hmm. it is. Because when you say it, you got to accept it now because it came out that, mm-hmm. and we do that too. There's some things, we even with us, I'll be like, some things ain't worth me saying, babe, because I don't want to do it. But sometimes, I mean, I think we've gotten better because sometimes to just say it, then we can dispel the lie that, the is, trying to, that mm-hmm. is trying to take root and grow a whole tree. So saying it is the freedom. It's scary. Yeah. It, the thought might be scary. Saying yeah. it might feel even more scary, but I've heard I've heard some of your guests and some of the stories, and it's like, you know, you say how how was that moment for you or whatever. I don't know. I'm just making it up, but just in hearing them actually, one, you have to reflect. Two, you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. And then you say it. Yeah. Even if it's ugly. And it's just say it because in that. You know what I'm saying? It can be dispelled at that point. Well, that's when you give God the opportunity to fix it. Mm-hmm. When you give God the opportunity. And a lot of times we don't, bro, we don't give anybody the opportunity to do nothing. And then we go pray to God about a situation and he's like, well, you, you, you want to you wanna talk to me about it? No, I don't want to talk to you about it. <laughs> well, then what you want me to do about it? It's like, uh, you know, how you gonna you wanna go talk to a counselor but you don't wanna talk? Then what you paying this money for? You paying fifty, sixty dollars an hour to sit on the couch. Work. It's work, but it's work to sit on the couch. You're sitting and maybe some of the initial conversations just feel, you know, why, you know, futile or whatever. But when you start digging, you can find you can find some gold that that unlocks some things for you or unlocks some things for your relationship. And so, I mean, look, I commend you, Larry. I commend you for going forward. I know it takes courage. Um, and I also know that... Um, <laughs> it sounds like you're ready that, to wrap it up. Is that where you're going? I don't know how long we've been on, to be honest. Are we I mean, if you're ready to wrap it up, we can get you started in your wrap-up fine. You're just... <laughs> It's not, to me, that's what it felt. About wrap up. I only thought about the starting. Well, here we, look, here we go. You got 60 <laughs> seconds. Get into it. Oh, y'all, man. I hope that you have enjoyed this treat today. Hearing from the other side of the table 
Mr. All Truth No Chaser. I was not your host, Larry S. White. <laughs> you haven't, but I'm telling you, you got us excited about what's to come. We're looking forward to being set free. We're looking forward to being empowered, encouraged, informing, and being informed, and definitely not being alone. So I just want to thank you. Yeah. I salute you. Yeah. Till next time. Hey, y'all be easy. Peace.